All right, all right, guys. Welcome back once again to the Marketing Games Podcast. And you know what, Brandon? Like, this is the first episode that we're going to to record with the new name of the podcast. I forgot to mention before we started recording, but since since this is the first episode where the actual podcast is going to be called Marketing Games. And well, brother, super excited to to have you here on the on the episode. Um, for the people that are listening on the podcast or maybe watching on the YouTube channel. Um, Brendan is actually a Shopify agency owner. He has a well, he, he's literally super specific about this uh, this vehicle. And yeah, this is a uh, I mean, Brendan, Brendan has been able, he's the founder of uh, Three Acres. And aside from that, he also does a little bit of WordPress development, correct, brother? Yes. Yeah, awesome. Well, awesome. thanks. Thanks for having me. No, no, thank you. Thank you for coming, man. It's really a pleasure. And before we maybe go into the questions and start talking about your business model, what it looks like, how do you actually deliver results, etc. I would love if maybe you share a little bit of your background, like, because of course, you might be better than me at describing what you do, etc. So feel, feel free to wrap a little bit of time to just talk about yourself, brother. Yeah, so I guess I'll introduce myself. My name is Brendan Quigley. I'm the founder of Three Acres, um, which is a Shopify agency. We we build and develop Shopify stores and support the the merchants who run those stores. Uh, but I haven't always done just Shopify, so I've been you know sort of solopreneuring or freelancing, however you want to put it, for over seven years. Awesome. In that time, I've worked with agencies. I've you know done my own sort of freelance stuff. Um, I've done like uh, other things too, like HubSpot and WordPress <laughs> and all this kind of thing. Um, but in the last, like, I'm going to say three, four years, I've been focusing in on Shopify and I've been finding it uh, like very rewarding work, but also uh, profitable. Awesome. You know, I, I wanted to know a little bit on what your day-to-day -day life looks like, but before we even hop into that, I would love to know, like, what is it that you enjoy the most about your day-to-day -day work? Uh, outside of what it looks like, like, what do you actually find for yeah. What actually makes you be like, wow, this is what I love doing, right? No, that, that, that's a great question. And, I, and I've actually thought a lot about sort of the answer to that question. And, and it comes back to like sort of what my why is. And yeah. I guess I, I really believe that the more small businesses we have, the better. Uh, I, I think that uh, entrepreneurs running their businesses, local businesses, makes for a really strong uh, local economy. Um, and so I didn't really realize that, that that was one of the reasons why I enjoy doing this so much. But I really just do love enjoying or sorry, like love helping merchants yeah. build their businesses. Awesome. No, no, yeah, it's sure. fun. It, it's 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 like you say, it's it's fun because it's one of those things, I guess, that for 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 a lot of people, it might be like, what what does this weirdo has in his head that makes him have feel that this is cool, right? But the same happens yeah. to me. Like of course, we as a lead generation agency and sales agency, when we help maybe marketing agencies or when when we help SaaS companies, etc. Uh, on board SDRs and just do cold emails, etc. People go like, who who actually enjoys doing that thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, man, it's 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 a it's a big world out there, right? Um, and, and and it takes it takes weird people to make the world go round, right? Exactly. Like we, we need all sorts, yeah. Exactly, exactly, man. Cool, brother. Now that you shared a little bit of that, I would love to know um, what exactly now your day-to-day -day life looks like. Not only in terms of maybe your schedule or something that, of course, if you want to share about that feel free to do so. But mostly like when it comes to the, I mean, because again, I'm, and I think that I told you um, this, the, the last time that we chat, um, I don't really have that much experience on Shopify specific, specifically. Of course, I have, I've helped other clients that maybe 
work with e-commerce stores when maybe they have a Shopify website, etc. But really like a Shopify agency, I'm not quite clear on what it looks like or how you go about the, your day-to-day life. So it would be great to, to know a little bit more about that. Plus, now that running an agency has been like the, the sexy thing to do, maybe you can talk about some of the benefits of running a mm-hmm. Shopify agency, right? So, I mean, just in general, brother, I would love if you let us know about that. Yeah. So, well, first off, I'm I'm, I'm quite lucky because I work from home. Um, so there's no like going into the office for me. And I would say that like 90% of my clients, like even the local ones uh, are remote. So I, I really, I really get to plan my days. I really get to decide, you know, where to put my focus and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, and I would say that, you know, on a day-to-day basis, there's sort of three, well, yeah, there'd be three main areas that I would dedicate my time. And so that's, uh, with any agency or freelancer, it's like the main project, the projects that are like paying the bills. These are the, the, the big ticket items. So, so that would be like one area that I spend my time, but then there's always these like other sort of follow-up things, um, smaller projects. Uh, it might be old merchants coming back saying, Hey, we need to add something or even just consulting. Like people want to get on the phone with me to say, okay, what are the options? Um, so between like the large projects and the small projects, I sort of get to plan my day. Okay. And then the last one, um, which is super important is the sales. So yeah. I find when you're working on work, you're not working on sales and vice versa. So you get that little up and down curve. Exactly. I mean, I find so- that, sorry, sorry for interrupting over there, brother, but um, I find that so important to mention now that you're talking about it, because for a lot of clients that I work with, that happens. Like they go from, hey, man, I need to get more plans. And they go into a one month and a half period where it's just like sending messages, LinkedIn outreach, going to networking events, running ads, focusing yeah. on SEO. Then they get the clients and it's like, oh, shit, man, like I need to start delivering. And they stop doing sales. And then it's like that back and forth and you're never truly in one thing, right? So, I mean, and it's not like you need to be only doing one thing. The, the whole purpose is that you should have a team or, or some way to yeah. be able to focus on improving your product, your delivery, have, have clients. But don't neglect the pipeline building so that you can always uh, not have to worry about where your next client is coming from, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I just thought that it's important to to mention that now that you were touching the point, right? Yeah. So, so the way that I try to deal with that is I try to build sales sort of into every day, yeah. so it, not to ignore it. And it might not mean I'm doing actual sales work every day, but I'm at least keeping it top of mind. Like I've got a, I've got a, you know, a list going of my pipeline. I know what stage everybody's in. I even keep track of like how many days it's been since I touched base with that client last so that I can make sure that I'm following up. Yeah. Um, but, but it is hard to be honest. And, and, and it does require discipline. You, you just have to dedicate yourself to it. Um, so yeah, it's super important. If you forget about it, you, you know, you'll you end up making a lot of money and then not making a lot at all. Sure. No, no, hundred percent. Um, for some people that might be interested, just just for that, and you for me, just super curious, man. Like, how do you typically go about um, getting those clients? Like, do you typically use LinkedIn or I mean, like in general, some some um, I would guess tips or recommendations that you would like to showcase the listener. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I will say is that I, I I have been doing it for more than seven years. Um, so I, I get a lot of referrals. I get a lot of past clients recommending future clients. Um, and then at, at one point in my career, there was this like act of going out, researching businesses that could benefit from my services and then, and then emailing them. 
I do less of that now. And it's mostly because, again, I'm lucky that I'm getting enough referrals that it's more important to follow up with the warm leads than to go find the cold ones. Um, However, I'm working on that right now and and I'm trying to grow. And so I'm trying to build systems in. Um, My website's slowly starting to actually get traffic. Uh, Actually, just last week, I got a you know, a a lead from a company down in the US that I'd never heard of before. So I'm really looking forward to that call because the first question I'll have is, how did you hear about me? And and it's it's these kinds of things when you can systematize them and you can, you know, build them in that it makes that sales job easier. Sure. Awesome. Um, For for people listening, brother, I think that I would love to, to, to discuss a little bit more about why a Shopify agency, like, Mm-hmm. what was in your mind when you go when like hey you know what i want to start my shopify agency <laughs> right like why yeah. that typically and i guess that there are some benefits outside of the simple fact that you love what you do right so if you can share something i would love to hear man yeah so i i guess uh, at one point i was doing websites didn't matter if it was e-commerce or not uh i i i just liked building the websites but i got to a point where i was like okay i need to you know, I need to get really good at something. They talk about niche down. I need to get really good at something. What would I find the most enjoyment doing? And, you know, the entrepreneur or the merchant is a particular kind of business owner. Uh, they're really, I don't know how to describe it. They're like, they're really go-getters. They're, they're, they're in the trenches. They've got their store. Some, a lot of them will have a retail store and a website and they're a lot of fun to work with. And so it was kind of a decision based on like, Hey, Let's 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 just focus on something and see if I can make that work. But I'm really I'm really happy with it because there's a number of reasons why like doing Shopify is really good, and one of them is the platform is super reliable. Like if you've got any um, web developers listening, it's like yeah, you can criticize it. There's lots of holes you can poke in it, but at the end of the day, it's just really good at selling products, um, and so it's really easy to promise something to the customer without having to build it out, without yeah. having to make sure it works, without having to go through all. So I can say, hey, look, I'll set up a site. It'll sell your 10 products and it'll do it really well. And so there's like, it's just, I guess it's, it's you can trust it to work yeah. with it. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, of course, um, and is this is not even my dominion of expertise or anything, but how, how Shopify in terms of SEO? I don't know, are, are you familiar with, and not, of course, you're familiar with the concept. I'm, I'm talking more about, um, I, I know for an absolute fact that most e-commerce brands, etc., they focus primarily on PPC or, well, not PPC, but actual paid mm-hmm. traffic so that they can buy stuff because it's easy to see the ROI. Like, hey, I spent $10, I got $100, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, when it comes to SEO, that I know a lot of people are super mindful about it and we have lots of SEO listeners. So I would love if you can share a little bit on how SEO is on Shopify. Um, I don't know, like general ideas you have around the topic. Yeah, so I'll start by saying I'm not an SEO expert, but but what I can speak to is that, um, you know, a, a well-made Shopify theme will be good for SEO. Okay. It doesn't mean you can get away with not doing all the essential SEO things. Um, sure, sure, sure. There's places in Shopify to edit meta descriptions and titles and URLs. Um, 
themes will sometimes build in other benefits. There's like sitemaps are generated automatically. You still have to submit those. You still have to do that, that work. It's got a pretty good blog. So a well-made Shopify theme will have like all the structure you need to, to do a good job at SEO. Uh, you still have to do that work. It's not done for you. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, I would love to know who do you think should, I mean, who, who's a good fit for, for becoming a Shopify agency owner? Like, oh, good call. Um, see, like, because I know that a lot of people might be interested in e-commerce. Like, Hey, I would love to run yeah. an e-commerce agency, but who's a good fit for being like, Hey, I, I, my thing is becoming a Shopify agency uh, owner. <laughs> so, and, and I guess this is something that I've realized recently as clients continue to come back to me, yeah. um, you have to build trust with your customers. Well, with yeah. your merchants. Um, I don't know how many times a merchants come back to me to say, Oh, so-and-so was trying to tell me I needed to do X, Y, Z on my website, but I didn't trust them. So I want to ask you, should I do this? Um, um, yeah. And, and I think it's because again, you're dealing with that type of entrepreneur, like the merchant who this is probably a family. Well, if it's a small to medium sized business, this is the family business. They've worked there their whole life. Their father maybe owned their, their mother maybe owned the business. And it's yeah. like, they're close to their customers. They're close to their products. And just to have somebody waltz in and say, okay, this is what we're going to do to change it without any previous knowledge. It kind of scares them a little bit. So you have to be really good at like, you know, as a person, you know, um, empathizing with the difficulties that they're actually having, not forcing or rushing them into things and, and, and basically just building trust and telling the truth. So if you've kind of got those qualities already, I'd say you're halfway there. Um, on the other side is, you know, maybe you don't want to be like a Shopify agency, but maybe you want to like build e-commerce functionality into your service. Um, the Shopify partner program is like, quite amazing. Um, if, if you set up a development store and then transfer the ownership to a merchant, you get 20% of the Shopify fee every month for that store in perpetuity, as long as you maintain like an active partner status. Mm -hmm. So they've got a really strong partner program that like, like rewards you for referring people. And then they've got a really strong community. They've got a Slack community uh, for really? sort of biz dev people. They've got a Discord community for developers and like the, the nerdy app guys and all that kind of stuff. And, and I would say even there's a pretty strong Twitter community as well, like on social media. And I've networked with many other Shopify freelancers, developers, and agencies. And there's like very little um, bad blood between agencies. There's very little like uh, negative competitiveness. Sure. Um, we're kind of all in it together and, and there's enough, there's enough businesses out there that no one's really competing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure in bigger cities, people are competing more. But but we're friendly, and you can go to a Shopify meetup, or you can go to an event, and you're shaking hands, and you're you're making like you know longtime friends that you'll have for years to come. So maybe you just want that part of it, you know? Yeah, awesome. not a full agency. Yeah, no, no, that that's awesome. I love it. And now that you were talking about these things, uh, I had a thought. Across my mind, and it is the 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 possibilities that it allows also for for people that might feel in a. The, I mean, because e-commerce, everybody says that is like the most saturated thing on on earth when it comes to marketing agencies. But mm -hmm. to be honest, like the fact that there is specifically inside of e-commerce Shopify agencies that allows you for be 
a sub niche inside of the niche, right? So you could be like a Shopify agency owner that works exclusively with certain types of brands. And that immediately adds a certain layer of, of, of uniqueness to your agency that might be super interesting to, to I mean, of course, I'm not into e-commerce myself, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if I were into e-commerce, this is something that I would definitely start looking at, like the opportunities, right? So, yeah, some of the most popular agencies are exactly that. You know, they're they're like a single or dual owner agency, and they only do Shopify stores for direct to consumer brands with <laughs> products. Like, like like they have a really sort of narrow. But what happens is is these guys become the go to for that. Like they know exactly. how to generate revenue, and they can yeah. start because of the community aspect. Maybe they start referring one person to the other, so on and so forth. Right? I think that is exactly. Beautiful. I love it. And, and I have done that. I've worked for other agencies and white labeled my services. Yeah, that's another thing, right? You told me that you white labeled your services also. Yeah. yeah. So, and and what's what's awesome about these arrangements is not only have I white labeled my services for their projects, but when they have more projects than they can handle, they have referred them back to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been a, it's great because you can, especially when you're just getting started, you could white label and l- work on stores that are bigger and selling more and have a larger budget than stores that you would normally work on. And so you kind of get experience um, that you can then turn around and apply to your own clients. And therefore you can go after larger projects yourself. Um, So yeah, the the white label opportunities in the ecosystem are fabulous. Awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Um, Last thing I would love to to discuss is a little bit on, uh, I mean, the, the last call that we have, that we had, you told me about, Shopify having, I mean, some of the limitations um, around the topic of reporting, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was curious, like, some, uh, what are some of the things that, I mean, maybe the fancy tactics or weird stuff that you as, an, as a business owner uh, have to figure out how to do in order to get results to clients and to keep, keep them happy, right? Because um, I guess that is not only, like, also for me, like, most people think like, hey, Enrique, your business is all about booking calls for, for your clients. And it's like, well, yeah, but it, it, there's way more than that. Like you don't understand, like scraping leads, finding the right people, reaching out to them, how to actually make them respond, how to actually qualify them. So, I mean, there are more nuances outside of just, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I booked 10 calls for you this month, uh, right? So I would love to know, like, what are some of the fancy tactics or fancy things that you uh, have managed yourself to do to maybe um, turn around the different limitations that Shopify might have, at least at for uh, as of today and maybe just general ideas on how to deliver to a to an e-commerce brand yeah so w- what often happens is you've got a you know small to medium sized business that wants to do xyz on shopify yeah and uh depending on what tier you're on in shopify or what apps you're willing to buy or not buy uh, you oh, know those those apps are what like like plugins or add-ons to the website or yeah Correct. Yeah. So like you, you can have an app developer add functionality to your Shopify site with the way that the business model works though, is like Shopify is your, you know, base $29 us a year or sorry, a month uh, f- for your Shopify, but then an app might come along. It might be five bucks a month okay. or 10 bucks a month or 20 like bucks a month, for example. Mm-hmm. And so it, what happens is is and it, it happens in any situation, but you'll be presented with, hey, we wanna we wanna offer shipping, say, um, per item. If there's ten items in the cart, we want shipping to be this much instead of say calculated shipping or something else. So the 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 quick solution is we get an app, 
the app could be 20 bucks a month just for that one feature. And so instead of, instead of going that route, you know, part of your job as the agency owner is to be like, okay, uh, you know, I want, I want this store to work. I want it to work well. I want to keep the monthly cost down for my merchant because that's good. You don't want them to have a huge bill every month just to run their site. So in the case of the shipping, one of the things I've done in the past is like hack the weight of the product. You know, if you give every product one pound, then you're able to go into the Shopify settings and say, if one pound, $10, if two pounds, 15, if three pounds. And it's like, it's, it seems super simple, but it's like, now we have per product. Now we have per product uh, shipping. Yeah. And we didn't use an app. We just used basic Shopify features. <laughs> yeah. uh, it took a little bit of time to set up, but now it works. Yeah. Um, another thing I've done is when you're on the lower tiers of Shopify, so not plus, so $300 a month and down, you you can't edit the checkout. Um, this, is, this is good. The, the Shopify checkout is trusted. People see it. They know it. You know, I mean, they're willing to put their credit card in. However, there are times where you as the merchant would love to edit the checkout a little bit. So one of the things I've done in the past is like edit the language files for a Shopify site so that I can go in and add notes in the checkout because Shopify lets you uh, translate your checkout into a different language. So there's, there's little things like this that as an agency owner, you have to like, I don't know, think outside the box in order to deliver the best site for your merchant at the cheapest cost. Um, and one that I find I do all the time, that's the one we talked about is reporting. Uh, you know, the middle tier of <laughs> Shopify adds all the reporting, um, but it's just as easy to export your orders into Excel. And if, you're, if you love Excel like I do, you can create a report that generates off that export. And so I often find you know, clients might have vendors that they pay on commission. So they want to know how many sales or how many products of that vendor's item they sold. So we can set up a report in Excel that lets them like pull that information out with a, with a download and a couple of clicks. But I mean, they have the time to do that. So they don't have to sort of upgrade their Shopify to the next tier. Um, I would say that a lot of these are sort of like band-aids until you're doing enough business like like the, the goal of these sort of you know fa fancy tactics is to get you to the point where you're making enough money that it's like okay time to go with the real solution and upgrade that shopify or get that app but it's super important for the medium-sized business to sort of save where they can sure, and, sure, sure. And, and scale as they grow it's both in terms of let's say reducing costs for the owner for the for the brand the owner of the brand but also for for you as the agency owner, like as doing your role not only of delivering results, but also your role as a consultant on how to actually um, move the person through a, the direction that might uh, help them out the most, right? Um, something I, I know that this call is being super long already, but I but I'm really enjoying it, man. Like something that you are talking about that really resonated with me is actually, and this is actually quite deep to be honest. But when you build a business, you actually need to take out time. Every every now and then to fix those little things that go the extra mile for the client, right? Like what you were saying about reporting. Like I guess that one day you sat down and you were like, "Okay, man, this client is having this problem. How the fuck do I do I actually fix this so that they can report, right?" And and yeah. that's something that I find so meaningful because that's at the end of the day what an entrepreneur has to do, like solving problems, right? Like, hey, uh, we cannot do reporting, and yeah, we 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 could spend X amount of money extra per month, but let's find another way, and boom, you fix it, right? 
Um, and I, I think that little bit of extra effort on my part is why they come back to me later. Exactly, 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 exactly. And I mean, like, of course, I know that I sound like a broken record. Like, I'm not specifically into e-commerce and I have zero experience on Shopify. That's why I'm like a loser talking to you, basically. But um, the same happens for me when I uh, when I work with a client, like, for example, and of course, like, um, people that consume the show and whatever that's on the podcast, on the YouTube channel, know, it's like, we onboard uh, SDRs on, on our clients. We start booking calls for them. We use called email, cold calling. And sometimes what we notice is that because every offer, sorry, every client has a different offer. Of course, we need to test different angles. We need to see how we can get the maximum amount of responses from different campaigns. And my favorite thing about this business in, in at its core is that you need to always be reinventing the wheel because there's going to be a point in time where certain angles don't work or certain copywriting um, approaches to cold calling, uh, sorry, to call to call email don't work. Or, you know, like it's just like the figuring out the logistics and those little details where not only mm-hmm. the money is up, but where the actual clients understand the amount of passion you put to your projects, right? So, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I just love the fact that you were talking about these things because it demonstrates just uh, your dedication to your clients, right? And that's something that I generally... Um, admire okay mm-hmm. um brother well just to keep with the with the usual tradition on the podcast i wanted to ask you two things first of all um well let's start with the first one like what's one thing that you wish um you would have learned or or that you would wish you yeah that, that you knew sooner um that would make things way easier for you that you would like to share with the audience hmm. um let me think uh i th- yeah, so I, I, that's a hard question to answer. I feel like I've been really lucky. I've had a lot of really good influences. Like even when I sort of started freelancing, I, I did it as a side hustle first. Yeah. So I feel like I haven't I haven't fallen into many of the same pitfalls that a, a new entrepreneur falls into. I was very good at gathering those resources. Um, but you know, if, if I were to think about it, I, I probably should have given myself permission quicker to sort of get rid of bad clients. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little too loyal, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, like that's, that's it's so <laughs> hard, man. Like, wow. You, you wouldn't even believe it, man. <laughs> and so, but it's something I've, it's something I'm sort of coming to terms with even now. It's like you could take on two new clients and they could be okay fits for your business. Uh, and they would each pay a X dollars, or you could pay on one perfect fit client and they would pay a whole bunch of money. And if you were working with those two that weren't great, you wouldn't be able to take on the perfect fit. Like, so it's this idea that how long do you let sort of a not great situation hang on, you know, and you need to give yourself permission to just, okay, we're going to end this. Um, I don't, I don't mean like, like sometimes people talk about firing clients. You don't have to like yell at them and get rid of them just to be like, Hey, look, this isn't working or, Hey, my business is going this direction. If you want to still work with me, that's fine. But this is how I do my business now, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, yeah. that's important for sure. And I don't know about you, man, but, um, and again, I, I, I promise like typically I, I, when I ask questions to questions to the podcast guests, it's more like, Hey, from one question to the other, but in this case, like so, so much of the things that you said, perfect, uh, actually hit home as, as they say. Right. So, I mean, I'm a hundred percent with you on that one for sure. Um, and not only that, it's also the fact that it drains you emotionally because a bad, uh, a bad client, well, there, there are lots of things that I could say, like, for example, it's, it's 
easier to say that when you have already built a little bit more of a client base and maybe that's in a situation like you're right now and thankfully yes. you are also right now but when you're getting started you'll basically want to work with everyone so you never actually truly make it and you don't start understanding but i mean but there's also your part of the question like if you actually work with different types of clients you get to discover yourself a little bit better and what you're better at mm -hmm. so that you can deliver results to that part of, of of the market right um i mean i don't know like it, that's a, such a cool topic um I, I I love the fact that you also <laughs> decided to mention it, man, for sure. Awesome. Uh, for people listening, yeah, like if, if there's a client that is draining emotionally um, what you do on a day-to-day -day life and it's actually taking out of other clients that you might have, definitely it's a good either to just do a simple refund if you've been, if you just got started with that person or literally to just say, hey, this is going to be the last month and afterwards I can refer you to this other partner or something, right? Yeah. And I would say the emotional one, don't overlook that one. Because if, if one client's draining you emotionally, you're not going to do your best work for anybody else. Sure, sure, um, sure. Have you been in that have you been in that spot in the past? Well, I have. I I and to, to be honest, they're still, they're still on retainer. And yeah. I was gonna say the way I dealt dealt with that particular client was not to get rid of them or to say we're done, but to like really scope the retainer and sort of put it in a box. So these are the hours you get monthly. This is when I'm available. This is what I do. And what it did is it really, um, we both feel like we're getting a fair deal. I'm getting, I'm getting enough money to do that work. They feel like they're getting enough work. But as soon as something steps outside of that box, we both recognize, oh, that's that's not like like we did a good job scoping it. And, and that's how I dealt with that. Because before that, it was calls all hours of the day. And I, I, I was struggling to keep up with my other work again, back to those large projects. Um, so, yeah, if, if the emotional thing's getting you, that's probably the first sign right there that yeah. you need to do something. Sure. Gotcha. Uh, well, yeah. last question, brother. Um, I don't know if you have like a favorite movie or favorite TV show that you would like to recommend the audience. And aside from that, uh, your favorite book. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll start with the book first, because at the beginning, you asked me like why I like doing what I do or why do I do what I do? And that's that's the book I would recommend is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great book. It really, really will make you think about um why it is you're doing what you're doing, but then it, it makes it easier for you to communicate to your ideal client when you understand what it is you're, what it is they're looking for. Um, the other thing I'd recommend is this is my bullet journal. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen a bullet journal, but look up bullet journal. I tried dozens of productivity apps, couldn't make anything stick, tried the bullet journal and my anxiety over work has, you know, halved. Um, so I know it's not a real book, but it's a book you get to write. So I, yeah. I recommend that one. That, that's a good um, one. That's a good one. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then in, in terms of TV shows, I have to say Money Heist or Casa de Papel. That show is fabulous. That's just a personal, a personal plug. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Brenda, it's really, it's, it's been really a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, man, I really, this is one of my favorites for sure. Like I just loved connecting with you. And yeah, man, uh, for people listening, where can they find you? Where where can they connect with you if they are interested in your services? Or yeah, the easiest thing to say would be threeacres.ca. Um, so that's three spelt out, um, .ca. And uh, the social media is on there. There's a blog on there. You can contact me if you're looking for anything. Um, that's the easiest place to get me. Okay, awesome. Brandon, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.